Are you thankful to be in the house of the Lord today? So delighted that you are here on this family Sunday. Amen. We're going to have a great time uh, today, uh, but also tomorrow. Everybody say tomorrow. I understand that uh, it is the first day of the week, and the first day of the week is a really hard day, and all the problems happen on the first day of the week sometimes, but um, it's in an effort to grow our church family and our family. When I say grow, I'm not talking about uh, height or the number of people, but I'm talking about in here. Let us grow in here. And But the Chad Flowers, uh, Sister Mindy, they invested in our marriages, those that were able to be here uh, Friday night and Saturday, and again, and again on Monday night, uh, Brother Chad Flowers is going to invest in our congregation. So I want to ask you, as they've already done in our announcements, do whatever you possibly can to be here. If you've got to go a couple miles over the speed limit to get here, be here. If you've got to head out of work a little faster than normal, then do that. Do whatever possible. If you've got to come in your work clothes, please, please come in your work clothes. Um, if you've got to skip practice students to come to church on Monday night, um, come to church on Monday night, and we're going to have a great time, 7 p.m. Uh, I will tell you, he is a stickler uh, himself about uh, schedule and time, and so he will not keep you here longer uh, than uh, you want to be here, uh, but I promise you it will be uh, for the benefit of your family and for the benefit of yourself. Amen? Amen, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to try my best to be here. I'm not going to make you lie. Amen. I'm going to be here. I feel like there's some justification going on right now. Amen. I'm really going to try to be here if my car doesn't break down, if my boss doesn't fire me, and there's all these other things that you... <laughs> Do whatever you possibly can do to be here. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. As you can probably tell, uh, today is a little different than normal, uh, and that's okay. It is my hope that today would cause us to stretch. Um, parents, I will tell you, uh, there's going to be some uh, things said today, some terms that are used today that would pop, uh, possibly cause you to have to do some work, and I'm okay with that. Um, you may not be okay with that, and you can call me and gripe me out later, uh, but uh, there is, a, I believe that we need to, we need to uh, have conversations. We need to have conversations in our family. We need to talk about uh, certain things. I don't say that to alarm you, and uh, there's some things that are going to be said that are just going to fly right over your child's head, so don't, if you don't harp on it, they won't harp on it, but uh, there, and you can use your time to do that, but as I was telling our, uh, the people that were in the prayer room uh, today, I was telling them that I had every intention to go a different direction uh, on this particular Sunday after I knew that Brother Flowers could not be here uh, for Sunday due to scheduling and all of that. I was going a different direction, but um, God began to move my mind and my spirit on something that I had heard. And so I called a friend of mine and talked with him about uh, the things that he had uh, spoke about at his church, 
And I'd also heard about these things when I was at, because of the times, around the time that uh, Sister Gilbert had passed away. It was actually, uh, to be uh, precise, uh, it was actually during the time that that was taking place uh, that I heard some of these um, talk, uh, talk on this. And so I endeavored to uh, began to look at this and began to uh, read about this and talk to my friends about this. And today I'm going to bring to you uh, with my sweet wife, uh, technology and Christianity, technology and Christianity. We're going to talk about this a little bit. I will tell you uh, that it's not, you're probably not going to shout. You're probably not going to clap your hands a whole lot. You're probably not going to scream and holler or run around the church. Amen. Uh, but my hope is that you would be challenged today. You would be challenged to do what, Pastor Darren? To think about this. Some of you may already do that, and if that's the case, then you're fine, then you're doing a great job. But I want to challenge you to think about this. I don't want you just to throw it out uh, the back burner and say, I don't even need to allow this to be in my mind. I want this to be something that is a conversation that you desire to teach your children and your family about. And so we're going to endeavor to uh, open up this conversation today in hopes that we can grow as healthy families and as a healthy church. Amen? amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, say amen. 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 Technology, technology and Christianity. And before we go any further, I want you to bow your heads and we're going to ask God to bless us today. And also any guests that are in the house that have come the past few minutes, thank you for being at Truth Church today. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. And Lord, we desire, Lord, as I've spoke about a moment ago, to grow how you want us to grow. Lord, not our desires and not what we want for our lives, but Lord, what you desire for our lives, what you see for our lives. So we understand your word tells us that you know the thoughts, you know the plans that you have for us that are of good and not of evil to give us an expected end. And Lord, my hope and my prayer is that we would walk in your statutes. We would walk, Lord, how you desire us to walk. We'll live and breathe and exist how you desire us to live, breathe, and exist. Lord, not to be a robot, but Lord, to be what you have called us to be. In Jesus' name, touch every family. Touch every family, Lord, with the Father. Lord, touch every whole family. Touch those families, Lord, that are mingled and broken, oh God. I'm asking that today healing and hope would come into their lives. Lord, you are the author and the finisher of our faith. You know our story from beginning to end. And Lord, our hope is that we would walk and we would live how you desire us to live so we could fall in the plan that you have for our life. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everyone say amen. Amen and amen. Technology, technology and Christianity have traditionally had a complicated relationship, an odd relationship. I would say at times it has even been adversal relationship. The church as a whole tends to resist change. Go ahead and say amen. The church as a whole tends to resist change. We love the old paths and we cling to old truths and that's okay. That is okay to do that. We like doing things the way they have always been done. It's just more comfortable that way. Can I say amen to that myself? Can you say amen to that? Amen. 
Remember, we have to choose comfort or growth. We have to choose comfort or we have to choose growth. I want to choose growth. Amen? I'm going to have you say amen a lot because I want to know if you agree with me or not. We have to choose comfort or we have to choose growth. And I want to grow. I want to grow how God wants us to grow. It was mentioned yesterday in our marriage weekend, or I'm sorry, on Friday it began there, that they were going to talk and invest and, and discuss health, a healthy marriage. I believe a healthy church is a church that grows. I believe a healthy Christian is a Christian that grows, Sister Mia. Sister Mia used that this morning, and I agree wholeheartedly that we have to be individuals that are healthy so we can grow how God desires us to grow. So there is a tension that is inherent in holding on to essential, non-negotiable truths of the word of God and maintaining our apostolic doctrine and identity while also implementing new styles, new methods, and even modern technology. Becoming, the Bible says, all things to all men that by all means we may save some. The first century church used technology to spread the gospel. Various forms of transportation, including selling on ships, writing communication that was shared by, from the church. And they turned the entire world upside down. With a ship... And writing utensils. And they turned the world upside down. Ladies and gentlemen, what could we do with the technology of this day if it's used properly? I want to put this in here. When I was at, because of the times, there was a particular portion of the talk that was about what we're talking about today that uh, came up. And Brother Ken Gurley, some of you, I know you listened to him on a weekly basis, and I encourage that. It's incredible. He gives incredible talks um, every day, I believe. And I want to encourage you that technology, though it is bad in some areas, it's how you use technology. And what they did on this particular day, they used AI. AI, which I'm going to talk about here in a moment. They used it to manipulate his voice, and he began to speak. He doesn't know all these languages, but as he began to speak, the flag of that particular nation began to flash on the screen as he began to speak the same thing. In every, and he did not, they did not do a bunch of takes. They didn't do a bunch of different things. It was his voice. It was his, him speaking. And he began to speak about the word of God in all of these different languages. I don't remember how many they did, but it took, it took about 10 minutes and it continued to roll, roll, roll on and on. And it was absolutely incredible. In my opinion, that is a great way to use the modern-day technology to reach the world that we live in. Amen? Amen? Sister Alicia said a moment ago about our giving and giving to missions and all of those things. There's some places that you and I can't go, but our dollar can. But nowadays, nowadays, an evangelist or a pastor or a, a uh, a dignitary, if you will, from our organization does not have to go to speak to the people of that nation. They can sit right in their office and they can minister and preach the gospel in their language right here in the United States due to the technology that we have today. 
I said in their language, not with an interpreter, but with AI, it can actually speak their language because of the computer-generated uh, voice and the accent. It's pretty incredible. So I want to turn our world upside down. What about you? I said, I want to turn our world upside down. What about you? I desire to do that, but with technology, something has to happen. We have to keep our mind and our spirit and our heart in tune with Jesus Christ. Or we, or we can be compassed about with winds of doctrines. We can be deceived. We can be lured into something, if you will, if we do not have our guard up. And so today, uh, Sister Ginger is going to begin and talk about technology advancement. So the world that we live in today, our kids, we know that constantly, not just kids, hopefully not the younger kids, um, but we're constantly on something, some device, something, a phone, an iPad, whether it be watching the television, whatever it is. But we, I've even heard the terms, the, the technology babies, okay? So technology is not a new thing that has just come about within the last few years. And so I may feel like your history teacher right now, but just for a little bit, I just want to touch on um, some of the things of the past. It is important that we consider how advancing technologies impact and influence the church and then how the church influences and shapes emerging technologies. So let's talk about some of those techno technological advancements of the past 800 years or so. You don't think that it's been around that long, but it has. 800 years is a long time. Think about how some of them have influenced the church and the ministry and the Great Commission. Mechanical clocks began to appear around the end of the 13th century. Think about how pastors felt when it came the time that they started putting clocks up in the church. Think about how they felt when they wanted to install it the very first time. And then people who knew exactly how long their messages needed to be. Like, we, we still feel that, like, we're on a time crunch. In 1455, Gutenberg's printing press revolutionized society and forever changed the church with the printing of the Bible. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, for technology enabling mass distribution of the Word of God. There was an explosive of information across Europe Information is power. No doubt there were some in the church who questioned the wisdom of the common man having access to the scripture. Remember, and listen to this, education is dangerous. Now, y'all are getting scared and disagreeing, but a lack of education is even more dangerous. Thank God we have the access to the Bible today. Without the word of God, where would we be? Are you thankful? Transportation began to change with the invention of the steam engine in 1765, paving the way for the first industrial revolution and more efficient spreading of the gospel. And then railway locomotives in 1804 and the steamboat in 1807. I expect everybody to remember all of this after service. Photography in the 1820s. A mechanical harvesting reaper in 1831 that led to an agricultural revolution. Late in the 1800s, it was the telegraph, the telephone, electric light, the automobile, 
In the early 1900s, it was the radio, the airplane, rockets, television. The mid-1900s, it was the computer, nuclear power, personal computers. Young people, y'all might not know. Well, I don't know. Some of this has kind of come back, but records and vinyls. I remember listening to records as a little girl beside it. So this is kind of where I get like, I hate the way that it's titled right here, late in the 1900s because that kind of makes me feel a little bit anxious at the age of 43. But when I look at this, I'm like, oh, I remember those. Talking about technology on Instagram, there's a little, a little page that it has all the 80s and 90s things, and just last night, it was commercials, Kit Kat, um, all these different soaps, like commercials that you would remember from back then, and I was like, man, I'm super old. But in the late 1900s, older than, older than him. But I always say, I, I think I might look younger. <laughs> He's more handsome, though. <laughs> the late 1900s, it was eight tracks. Now, that was a little before my time. Cassette tapes. Anybody remember the cassette tapes? VHS, you would set your VCR to record the shows that you're going to miss during the day while you're at work or at school. The Internet. I remember the dial-up thing. What was that called? AOL, and you had to wait. Then there were CDs and DVDs, and then came cell phones, genetics, and cloning. Then in the 21st century, there was social media, and finally, smartphones. Practically all of this digital technology came together with the invention of the smartphone. More computing power than Apollo 11, the first spaceship that landed on the moon. Pretty crazy. So I said all of that, your history lesson for today, to say this, technology is not inherently good and evil. Technology is amoral. People can be good and people can be evil. There's good and there's bad. There's good, there's evil, and that's the same with technology. And people can use any technology available for the common good to advance the kingdom of God or to express the most base human desires and carnal, carnal tendencies. We have a choice. Amen. There's good, there's evil. You choose what you watch. You choose what you bring into your home. You choose the things that you look at. You choose the things that you put in your hand, which is, you know, there's a debate of television and what you have it in your hand, so. Amen. And a lot more than just television. So there's a choice. You choose the good or you choose the evil to do with it. We tend to eventually adopt most technology, whether we want to or whether we don't, because you know what? We kind of have to, even though we may be very cautious or resistant initially. Um, three things that I'm going to touch on are three concerns of the digital technology. Number one, and I'm preaching to the choir, I promise, is consumption. How much time are you spending? What is your screen time? What is your screen time? It doesn't necessarily just have to be how much time are you spending on social media, but how much time are you sitting there reading what's in the Apple News today? And the list can go on and on and on. How long are you sitting there watching the television? Number two would be content. What are you viewing? And I want you to think about this as I, as I say it. Um, 
I want my home to be pure. I want my home. Am I perfect? Is he perfect? Absolutely not. But I tell you what, we stand against every single thing that would bring something into our home. I am very, very, very on top of anything that we bring into our home. I am to be, he is the head of the home. I am the keeper of the home. It's my duty. I don't want any spirits because no matter how, um, how clean, how whatever, immature you think it may be, I promise you there's innuendos, there's things that they put through there that slips into your home, and I'm not willing to do it. So it is okay to say, no. Mom, I want to watch this. This is good. It's, it's rated PG. No. You can call me what you want, but it's my duty. The Lord blessed us with our babies and our home, and it's my duty to protect it. My child is not going to dictate what we bring into our home. So every parent, you do have the right to say, and I hope and pray that you do, no. Just for me, in our house, if there is something that the kids may, I look it up, I look at Christian reviews, I don't care if it's a video game, I don't, I don't care what it is. I look up every review, Christian review, to see what is in it, and it is a yes, it's okay, absolutely not, there's no question about it. So be very cautious, not just with your children, but what you're watching and what you're looking at. And Christian, yeah, the Christian reviews, sometimes they're not, not everybody may believe certain things are good or, you know, be good, be, have good judgment. Um, number three is interaction. Is it proper and appropriate and is it godly? Someone told me one time before. It's been years ago. If what you were watching on your television inside of your living room, would you play it if Jesus Christ himself walked in the room in person and sat on the couch and watched it or watched what was going on the television in your home? Would you be okay with it? Or your pastor? And if the answer is no, turn it off. Turn it off. There are some ways that we can handle all digital technology safely and carefully. It is possible. It is possible. It does take discipline. It does take prayer. God, I want to be right. Make me sensitive. Let me have discernment because I want my home, my life, my heart, my kids, my, my family to be pure in every way. Accountability, accountability to the word of God, spiritual authority, and others accountability and communication is imperative. Parents, it is okay to have your kids' passwords to check. It's not just okay. It's what you should be doing. You better be monitoring every single thing that comes through if you love your children. It's what a parent is to do. Nearly half of the 20th century was defined by a period of time we commonly refer to as the Cold War. It was primarily an ideological confrontation between the United States and the Soviet Union and the coalitions and allies. 
It was democracy versus communism, capitalism versus socialism. It was an era of intense political conflict, military tension, and economic competition. Although the chief military forces never engaged in a major battle with each other, they expressed the conflict through military coalitions, strategic convention force through military coalitions, deployments, propaganda, conventional and nuclear arm races that made common knowledge terms like nuclear proliferation, is that correct? Proliferation and ICBMs or intercontinental ballistic missiles. The Cold War also involved technological competitions such as space race. Russia and America used the technology discovered through the development of these long-range missiles as they sought for supremacy in space exploration in the race to be the first to land a man on the moon. At the height of this Cold War conflict in the mid-1960s, Christian naturalist and author Harold Kahn penned an article on the subject making this statement. Remember, this was in the 1960s. Building interstellar missiles may be a must in these days of scientific advance, but we must not fool ourselves that improving our intentions, inventions improve us. Giving a nation space capsules is like presenting a bicycle to a boy. It will not appreciably improve the behavior of the child. It will but spread the beha his behavior over a wider area. So with a nation and its missiles, same thing. While we have made tremendous progress in our technology, are we much better people than we were 50 years ago? We enjoy a much higher standard of living than we did 50 years ago. Judging by what we eat and wear, the houses we inhabit, our modes of transportation and communication, and the amount of leisure we enjoy. And we have mastered the art of entertaining ourselves. Amen? We have progressed immeasurably in these areas. But judged by what we are and who we are, our social advancement has not kept pace. Many a man-made thing in our world is getting bigger, bigger rockets, bigger airplanes, bigger ships, bigger buildings, bigger government, Bigger national debt. This was written 60 years ago. But man's spirit remains about the same size. Our problems have changed little since the beginning of time. Our greatest difficulties are not with the external symbols of civilization, civilization, but with the matters of the heart. Our chief distresses do not come from modern uh, armament but for war, but from the suspicious, jealous hatred and greed that make armament dangerous. He continues to say, our progress reminds us of our folly. We are producing bigger rockets and missiles. Now we need bigger men, bigger of thought and aspiration, bigger in comparison, bigger of heart. For the future of the world, we depend less upon the caliber of shells and missiles made for war on earth or the exploration of space than upon the caliber of human beings who run our governments, manage our homes, and teach our children. We cannot afford to be small people in a world of bigger and more powerful governments, bigger weapons, bigger threats to our survival, bigger testing of our character. These days are for greatness. God needs men and women 
who are better than we are where we were yesterday. Amen. God needs men and women who are better than we were yesterday. And then he concludes, so our work is cut out for us, the work of the church and the work of the home to produce men to match our missiles. Martin Luther King Jr. said, our scientific power has outrun our spiritual power. We have guided missiles and misguided men. I don't know about you, but I want to be guided in the right direction. That last statement from Martin Luther King Jr., as I was listening to this talk the first time, it inspired me to make sure that we as a body of Christ, men and women, because I know that there are homes that are broken and there's only a mom or there's only a dad or there's blended homes, that statement made me want to make sure that we are informed properly so we can lead properly. Amen? Amen. Artificial intelligence is what we're going to talk about right now. This brings us to our specific area of talk today. One of the most recent impactful advances in technology. It is impacting your daily life and my daily life. Every single day we deal with this, we look at this. Whether you know it, whether you're aware of it or not, both directly and indirectly, it is impacting your world, and that is artificial intelligence, or AI, as is commonly referred to. It is influencing many industries, including education, healthcare, and communication. You've been using AI for years when you use Amazon. You have the little thing on your desk or in your home, and you tell her to play the music that you want to play, or you want to hear, rather. And AI does that for you. And AI begins to learn about you. Amen. You've been using it in Gmail and GPS directions, Grammarly. Anybody use Grammarly? Okay, maybe it's just me. Okay. I know I need it. <laughs> Netflix and many other services that use AI behind the scenes. But the recent development that is causing a buzz is generative AI. Generative AI. This refers to a type of artificial intelligence that has the ability to create original content or outputs such as images, text, music, and even videos. I want to just stop for a moment and talk about this. We have meet and greet. We have meet and greet, and you uh, don't know this, but Brother Gary does. Uh, the voice that says, uh, let's worship, I believe, for five seconds. How many seconds is it, it is? That is Brother Gary's voice that has been, uh, AI has been put on it, and it sounds different. Can you play it right now? Are you able to? No? It's a little... Okay. Anyways, it is his voice, and that is a video that he, the AI developed for him, so we could have that couple of seconds of worshiping right before the singing begins. And it helps us transition from our meet and greet to a time of worship. Do you have it, Brother Gary? I want you, they, they probably don't even realize it, that it happens, but it's his voice. It's him saying it. 
and it's pretty cool. If you don't have it, I'll continue on. And maybe one. If you would, make your way back to your seats. At this time, we are going to enter back into a time of worship. For the next 10 seconds, let's worship Jesus. We should have done this. Amen. We should have done this while uh, that was going, but it was giving her time to exit. Amen. But you see it in Grammarly, Netflix, and many other services behind the scenes. But the, recent, the most recent is generative AI. This refers to artificial intelligence that has the ability to create original content or output such as images, text, music, or even videos. Unlike other types of AI that are designed to complete specific tasks, generative AI is, a pro is programmed to learn and create on its own using algorithms and natural or neural networks to generate new and unique outputs based on patterns and data it has learned from existing content. This definition of generative AI was created by ChatGPT. What is ChatGPT? Just yesterday, just yesterday in our marriage uh, weekend, Brother Jonathan, he used ChatGPT to create something, uh, some papers for us to have some fun games uh, because everything he looked up on the internet was inappropriate for uh, Christians to, uh, to fill things out. So he created the, the fun games that we had, and he had that done from Jack, or Jack, Chat GPT. It is AI technology that, is just, that I just described is, a def, is the definition. It is a tool, an AI tool, and there are many others. You can use, you can use it to have conversations, ask questions, request help, and even do papers. Kids, you better listen very carefully. <laughs> You've likely used it recently when interacting with a digital assistant. And I'll tell you this right now, I don't like them because AI will keep you on the phone for a long, long time. Somebody say amen if you've, that's happened to you. But you have, you have had a digital assistant I, I fly with American Airlines, and it's no longer a person that you chat with, but you chat with AI when you have a complaint or something you need to say. Use it on online help or websites when you're talking on the computer or on the phone. Since the invention of the Internet, there has been an explosion in the volume of information. But with generative AI, the volume of information and knowledge is now increasing exponentially. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4, it says this, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Amen. The frantic, hectic, and frenzy, and chaotic pace of life. We do this on a daily basis. We do this ourselves. Technology, it enables us to do more and the increasing of information and knowledge remember it was said technology as sister gender said a moment ago was or is amoral it's amoral up until this point but the potential craziness if you will of generative ai is this it has the ability to create information on its own 
Technology now has the potential to be evil. Technology now has the potential to be evil. I want to try my best to keep your attention. It has, the, the mo it has evil motives and intentions. It has the availability or the opportunity to produce evil content. It literally, you said this to your children, or you said this about the dog, or you said this about the door. When you, we, have, we have a door, we had a door at our home that we lived in, and you would press the codes, and it would, you'd put the code in right, but it would start making noises, and you would say, that, this thing has a mind of its own, and you'd get so mad. Literally now, in the day and age we live in, technology has a mind of its own. It has many good uses, but generative AI is producing pornographia at an unprecedented pace, including child pornographia. So the question is, what will the church do? What will Christians do? The question is, what are you going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to put our heads in the sand? Or are we going to do something about it? Are we going to educate ourselves? Are we going to educate our families? Are we going to educate others? As its use becomes more widespread, how will we handle it? Some fear. I'm talking to people right now that I have sat or stood beside you and you've made statements like this. Some fear it, but some of us reject the technology. You see its threat. You see its pressure that it's putting on. And Well, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to be a part of it. And what you're actually doing, ladies and gentlemen, is you're ignoring it. You're avoiding it. You're I'm not going to use that. I'm not going to discuss that. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? It still exists. It's still there. It's not going anywhere. It's going to continue to grow. And it's going to continue to happen. Am I telling you that you must embrace it and keep it and hold it close to yourself? No, but you must educate yourself with it. So you can know how to combat it. Or you can know how to use it properly or teach other people to use it. Properly. Why do we have to do that as the church? Because, ladies and gentlemen, we are living in a nasty world. We're living in a gross world. And if we don't teach our families how to use it properly, if we don't teach our church friends how to use it properly, it will be used inappropriately. Somebody say amen. I don't think that it is ever an option for us to ignore it. I don't think we should ignore it. Just don't use it. Technology is bad. That mindset and that kind of thinking has never, ever really worked for the church. Ignoring technology and revolutions has never been a wise choice. We should be willing to discuss anything and come to a scriptural understanding using biblical principles for how we as the church engage it. We must deal with reality, 
Look at your neighbor and say, we must. We must deal with reality. There are technological, ethical, and existential questions posed by AI. The secular world recognizes this. Here's proof. A few weeks after the release of ChatGPT4, Elon Musk and over 1,000 other tech leaders called for a halt to AI. They called for a halt for AI development for six months, citing ethical concerns about letting the private sector determine the future of humanity. This is secular people are realizing that, man, there, there could be something wrong with this. There could be something that's not good with this. And let me tell you something. If a secular person's doing that, that sounds pretty scary. And guess what? That's really scary. That's really scary if a secular person that doesn't know Jesus in the power of the, or assumingly he doesn't know Jesus in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's scary to think. Ladies and gentlemen, we better get our minds on what's going on. We better think about and study about. And that's why I was so employed to make sure that we as a church get our minds on this. Let's not put our heads in the sand. You know why I don't want to put my head in the sand? I love you too much, and I love my children and my family too much. Amen? I will be the first to tell you that this is all new to me as well. These things, the things that I'm talking about here today and reading about today are brand new to me as well. Maybe you are educated in it and been educated for some time. I'm sure that some of our young adults are that are in college and learning about this. But it doesn't mean just because you're not learned at all in it, y'all, I don't want to give the time to it. You better give the time to it. Grandparents, if you're able to, I encourage you to give some time to it because your grandkids matter. Amen. So we should study and use AI carefully and prayerfully, looking honestly and thoughtfully at its potential, but also being fully aware of its intended and unintended consequences. Let us take a poll. How many of you in this room right now have used ChatGPT? Look around. Some of you students are raising your hands. I hope you used it properly for your teacher. Amen. I'm not saying you did anything wrong. I'm just saying. It writes papers for you. Praise God. We are going to use, I'm sure, chat GPT when we are, uh, we're going to be endeavor, endeavoring to do things with grants, and we're probably going to use that to help us out. This is, this is questions that were, a question that was posed to chat GPT. What are some scriptures that can be used to help guide someone with the ethical use of chat GPT? The answer, while there are many specific religious scriptures addressing the ethical use of artificial intelligence like chat GPT, various philosophical and ethical principles from different traditions can provide guidance. Here are some general principles that you might find re relevant. The golden rule, respect for authority, justice and fairness, avoiding harm, humility and responsibility, honesty and integrity. That's a list 
that it gave, the answers that it gave. Remember, these principles are meant to guide ethical behavior and decision-making. It's essential to adapt them to the specific context of of AI use, considering issues like privacy. This is the answer that it gave. Consent, transparency, and accountability. Additionally, staying informed about the evolving field of AI ethics and incorporating multiplicity approach can enhance your understanding and application of ethical principles in AI interactions. That is what AI told us to do. We need to look at the golden rule when we use AI. We need to have, make sure that we think about respect. We need to make sure that we think about justice and fairness, humility and responsibility, honesty and integrity when we use AI. Generative AI can be helpful in some areas. An accelerator, this is what it was used for this weekend. It can be very helpful to save time when it comes to creating content, writings, images, and videos. It's helped Brother Gary many a times. What used to take days has become hours through Google and has become mere seconds through chat GPT. Decision-making, crafting important conversations and responses, writing letters and doing research. It is like having a consultant at your fingertips for free. Important considerations, ethical first considerations. Plagiarism, it will inform you what percent of your, what, that you're, what you're producing is original or not original. It allows, it, 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 is, it is allowed by teachers or your boss. It is accurate, or is it accurate, technology, factual, etc. Chat B, GPT warning. While we have safeguards, chat B, GPT, I can't even talk, may give you, may give you incorrect information, inaccurate information rather. It is not intended to get, to give advice. Don't ask chat GPT to give you marriage counseling. Come to our marriage weekends. Somebody say amen. amen. Fairness, transparency, privacy. Chat GPT warning. Don't share sensitive information. Your chat history may be reviewed or used to improve to improve their service. They are watching and listening. Social and spiritual consideration. AI or chat GPT can't replace. Look at your neighbor say it can't replace. It can't replace interpersonal relational communication. Look at your wife and say I'm going to communicate with you. I'm going to communicate with you. Look at your husband and say, I'm going to communicate with you. Now I want you to look to the heavens and say, Jesus, I'm going to communicate with you. Why do you say that, Pastor Darren? Because it can't pray for you. It can't talk to your spouse or your kids. It may help you come up with a really good response. Now, I'm not going to do any counseling if you asked 
chat GPT to help you with an argument with your wife and it goes awry. Don't come to me and talk to me about that. Go back and ask them what you need to do with that. Ministry is hard work, but it is also heart work. It's not going to read your Bible for you. You need to hide the word in your heart that you might not sin. It can make hard work easier, but hard work is going to be your responsibility. Kids, you've got to make up in your mind if you're going to read the Bible. You've got to make up in your mind if you're going to conversate with Jesus Christ. You've got to make up in your mind if you're going to build a relationship with chat, GPT, or if you're going to build a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? It can make us more efficient, but we are responsible for being effective. That's hard work. Chat GPT is not going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ for you. Amen? It's not going to do it for you. You've got to study to show yourself approved so you can give the answer that you need to give. Somebody say amen. Will it assist you? Most definitely. I saw that on a first-hand basis with Brother Gurley at Because of the Times. But he had to do the study. He had to do the hard work. And he had to give the message so it could be given in different languages all across the world. Amen? Nothing replaces being genuine. We don't want to be counterfeit in areas of our lives. We need a spirit of discernment, Sister Delisa. And chat, GPT cannot do that. There is a greater potential to be deceived with AI. Deception becomes more efficient if you yourself are deceptive. It is important that we're honest with ourselves and we're honest with others. Somebody say amen. Some final instruction. From the book of Joshua. The one who led the children of Israel out of the wilderness and into the promised land. As they began to prepare to take the land, they were moving in to go into battle. And Joshua gave explicit instruction. He said, Listen, this is what we're going to do. We are going to take the walled city of Jericho. It's the first city that they encountered. Seven priests played their trumpets. Would go before the Ark of the Covenant, followed by the children of Israel. For six days they would march around the city one time, not saying a word. On the seventh day they marched seven times, and after the seventh time, they shouted, and the walls of Jericho came down, and they conquered the city. Joshua gave some really clear instructions. And I turn your attention, Joshua chapter 6 and verse 18. Do not take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. 
Listen closely. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron, sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. But one man. Truth Church family, it's important that we all are obedient to Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter who you are. If you have been taught or you have learned yourself to be obedient to Jesus Christ, we should all be obedient to Jesus Christ. But one man, one man was disobedient. Joshua 7 and verse 1. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things. So the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was the son of Carmia, a descendant of Zerma, son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near Bethaven. When they returned, they told Joshua, there's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack Ai. Since there was so few of them, don't make all of our people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. They were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at the turn of the event. And their courage melted away. Because one man, because one individual decided to disobey. Because one individual decided not to do what was instructed for them to do. They prayed and fasted. And Joshua identified Achan as that man. He confessed that he had taken a Babylonian garment, 200 silver coins, and a bar of gold, and it hid them in the ground beneath his tent. It cost Achan his life and his family. Here's the point. This applies when using artificial intelligence, chat, GPT. When using any form of technology, when you're in a spiritual battle, and just life in general, disobedience to the word of the Lord and hidden sin will always lead to judgment and ultimately destruction. Amen. Truth Church, young people, we need to make sure that we guard ourselves. We need to make sure that we're made in the image of Jesus Christ. That's the lesson we learn from the children of Israel that were defeated at Ai. Questions to ask when using technology. Is it legal? When watching something on your screen, is this biblical? Is it healthy? Listen closely. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, relationally. 
Is this healthy or is it not, not healthy? Is it ethical? Is it honest? Is it appropriate? Does it bring glory to God? 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. Do all to the glory of God. Is what I'm doing right now going to magnify and lift up the name of Jesus? If it's not, then don't do it. Somebody say amen. amen. Is it helpful or hurtful? Does it build up or tear down? Verse 23, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. And not all things build up. Just because I can doesn't mean that I should. All of us can go out and do something that's not moral. Because we can. We have the ability to choose to do that or not. But should we do that? No, because the Word of God teaches us not to do that. The Bible says to come out from the world and be separate. The Bible tells us to not touch the unclean thing. Just because I can does not mean I should. Is it wise? One of the greatest and most important questions that we could ever ask ourselves. Is it wise? Is this what I should do for my family? Is this what I should do for my education? Is this what I should do for my... Is it wise? So I submit to you on this Sunday morning. Do you want to be made in the image of Jesus Christ? And that is something that we must say. Make me in your image, Lord. I want to be just like what you desire me to be. I want to walk how you want me to walk. I want to live how you want me to live. I want to use technology how you want me to use technology. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ is a lot more technologically advanced than our world is. This did not catch him by surprise. And so he's looking over the balcony of heaven and he's hoping, Brother Garcia, Brother Cooper, he's hoping that we will use these things in the proper way. He's hoping that we will acknowledge him. The Bible says that we are to acknowledge him about everything that we do. Lord, do you want me to do this? How do you want me to do this? Do you want me to use this? Do you want me to walk this way? Do you want me to talk this way? Do you want me to live this way? Do you want me to use this here? Do you want me to use this there? He wants us to acknowledge him in everything that we do. If you would stand to your feet all across the building. I've asked Sister Alicia and our team. They're going to sing this song. Make me in your image. And I want you to make it your prayer before we leave here today. Truth Church. Truth Church families, guests that are here today, I want us to be a healthy family. And I know this is only one minute little bitty topic, if you will, very relevant for the time in which we're in and very time, I guess, sensitive for those of you that are watching the news or around the news or you use it on a daily or a weekly basis. Let's use it properly. Let's use good ethics when we use this and let's not be afraid to educate ourselves in the technology of this world but at the same time remember you're a chosen generation you're a royal priesthood you're a holy nation can we sing this would you raise your hands all across the building make me in
in your image. Make me in your image, Jesus. Wash me white as Wash snow. Wash me white as snow. Purify this heart of mine. Purify this heart, Jesus. Lord, I'm giving you control. Would you grab the hand of your family Let member that's me close by? Vessel. Or a close friend, maybe. One that's close by you. To be used. Make me in, Make your, me image. in your image, Jesus. exactly what you want me to be. So a question that you can ask yourself, is this making me more like you, Jesus? When you began to navigate the technologies of this world, and I know I only touched on AI really today, but when you turn your TV on, those of you that have them in your homes, when you begin to watch a movie or begin to watch something on your phone, Jesus, is this making me more like you? If you have to think for a second if it's making you more like him, then you should probably not navigate that. You should probably guard yourself. Amen. My wife touched on screen time a moment ago. Let's make sure that we're hiding the word in our heart, spending more time doing that on our artificial intelligence phone than we are anything else. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you so very much for our families. We thank you for the family of God that we have the opportunity to be a part of. And Lord, our prayer is today that, Lord, we would be made in your image. We understand what the Word of God says, but on the daily, Lord, we want to be made in your image. We want to be made more like you. Live how you want us to live. Walk how you want us to walk, oh Lord. Talk how you desire us to talk. Exist in a carnal, 
gross world, O oh Lord, that is waxing worse. Lord, exist in this world being made more like you. Let that be the desire that we have. Let that be the heartbeat that we beat with, that our heart beats with, O oh Lord. Let us live a life that is holy and acceptable to you. We honor you, and Lord, we will do our best to give you praise with our life. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. Amen. Will you greet one another? And again, will you make every effort to be here tomorrow evening, 7 p.m., Brother Chad Flowers. He will be delivering the word of the Lord to us as we continue our family weekend. God bless you. Please greet our guests. To all of our parents, to all of our parents that have...